Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And once again, I'm joined by Jeremy Lundgren, the president of Nicolay Bible Institute, and we're talking educating college young people, uh, specifically through the Nicolay Bible Institute. But we also here on the grounds of Silver Birch Ranch have a great program where people come and they serve and they learn to serve and they learn to give in an atmosphere. It's all about walking with God and serving others. It is. And, and you know, I'm, I'm still convinced you cannot teach somebody to serve unless they serve. That's the way you learn. Yeah, I mean, you can't do it. You yes. can't just say in an academic setting, go out there and serve the poor. Right. No, go serve and serve with those who are doing it. And, and that's really, I think, the specialness of both Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. Now, we have another program called Northwoods Retreat where people can bring smaller groups with them and then we're trying to work with foster care kids, and it, it's just, it gives us opportunities to actually put young people in a, in a position of service. Uh, if you listen to our last podcast, and I encourage you to go and listen to that, you can go to silverbirchranch.org, nicolaybibleinstitute.org, and find uh, links to these podcasts. And uh, if you go back there and listen, you'll understand Jeremy's heart as president of the Nicolay Bible Institute, and I encourage you to do that. But Jeremy, you've had a different background. I've been here. This is my 56th summer. So I have been here, you know, a lot of my life. You have. And, and I'm in this context of camping and serving. And, and almost every time we talk, I'm talking about serving. Well, it's the context that I come from. Right. You know, th- this is what we do. This is the place that we do it at and, and what we want to teach. You have just come out of an academic background. Right. And so one of the things I'm excited about is to hear what you're seeing in students and seeing that we need to address outside of the Silver Birch Ranch little bubble, if you want to call it, or the Nicolay Bible Institute bubble. What are the issues that you're seeing on the college campuses of uh, Christian students or challenges or however you want to frame that, um, that that today parents and schools like Nicolay Bible Institute really need to try and address somehow? Yeah. Well... You know, what What I see with young people, and I, I think this is constant, it's something that I love about young people, is uh, there's energy and there's hope for the future. You know, when you're young, uh, you can envision a lot of different uh, potential futures. You can envision a lot of different paths that your li- life is going to take, and you don't yet know what that direction is going to be, and you're figuring things out, and there's some trial and error as God you know, gives you different opportunities, and you your understanding of who you are, uh, what he's calling you to do, who he's calling you to be, becomes refined. And so that, that, that I think, is just a wonderful constant among uh, young people, among young students that uh, energizes me, gives me excitement as I, I talk to them about the future. Um, but we live in a world where, honestly, I, I, I don't think uh, our world talks in a hopeful way about the future with young people very often, I think. Uh, young people are filled with fear. Um, I think people are young people are uh, kind of filled with um, immediate things that should, should grab their attention. Yeah, anxiousness. And, you know, you can be anxious about something scary. You can also get pretty anxious about something that you want. Right. Right. But it's it's that kind of immediate. It could go this way or that way. What's going to happen? Uh, is that itch that I have, is it going to be scratched? Or is that fear that I have, is it going to be, is it going to be relieved? And so... I'd love to see people with their their hope for the future as they look look forward uh, to just be able to be settled in the the peace and the goodness of God. 
uh, to know that there are adversities, that there are going to be bumps in the road, that there are going to be difficulties. Um, you're going to, you're right, you're going to bend, you're not going to break. You're going to fall down, but you're going to get back up again. Uh, this world is going to um, falter and shake. Um, but, you know, as Jesus says, right, there's wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. So do you like it when young people dream big? Oh, I do. I love it. It, yeah. it. It's exciting. It's exciting. And it's amazing how you can uh, dream big on one level and then you just let like the smallest little uh, pebble in the road or bump in the road in front of you. Um, seems like it just brings all of that, all of that to the end, to an end. And, you know, there are levels in which we need training. We need skills, which we, we talked about uh, in the uh, earlier episode, uh, the ways we help develop those at, uh, at NBI. You also need uh, the development of godly character. Uh, in the summer staff chapel with the students here the last couple times, I've been talking in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 about uh, what you need to add to or supplement your faith with. And you supplement your faith with virtue. Uh, you supplement it with knowledge. You supplement it with self-control. You supplement it with endurance, brotherly affection, love, things like that. And you put all those things together and you've got godly character, right? You've got a person who is uh, kind of steadfast, right? Not not blown this way and that by the winds of this world. And and that just takes time. That There's no formula for that. That's not something you can uh, download or order. It comes in a box. That's just something that God, a work that God does in us uh, through the through the particular details and circumstances of life that he has you in, uh, right? The particular teacher you have, the homework assignment, your roommate, your family, whatever that might be, God is uh, giving you opportunities. He's using those to help supplement your faith with those things like virtue and knowledge and self-control. Yeah. Well, I love going back through the scriptures with students, as, as you know, and talking about God, there is no limit to God. I right. mean, think about it. If Think about Moses, for example. Moses, 40 years in the palace, really big, big shot. 40 years sitting there looking at sheep in the desert, you know, and, and really forgetting that. He probably was very antisocial by then. You know, right. I, I don't know what was going on. My, my presuppositions is, you know, he, he was sitting there looking at sheep, wasn't a great communicator anymore. I was kind of satisfied with, okay, here's my life. I've amounted to nothing. Right. Uh, I could have been something, but I amounted to nothing. And then God comes to a bush and doesn't even burn the bush up, but but burns and, and tells him, why don't you go do this? And you know, the, the whole fun part of that is, you know, Moses, I brought you to a point where you're actually nothing. Right. So you could see that everything is possible. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, I don't have this quote right, but I, it was... Uh, Martin Luther had a quote once of, um, God created everything out of nothing. He won't create anything from you until you're nothing. That's a you great, know what I mean? Great, it, yeah. it, it's some, something like that. Okay. I, I probably messed up the quote totally, but okay. it, it, that's how I remember it. Right. And, and I think that, that God had to take Moses and get him to that point, that, that 40 years of education in the desert. Right. And a lot of times I look at um, young people and I say, you know, you're in this very busy system kind of like Moses was in the palace, you know, whatever else, you need to take a break from that and you need to hear God's voice. You need to go somewhere. I, I firmly believe that, that people need to have regular time in their schedule. You, you've seen my wife and I, we walk every day. Right. Uh, even now I have a bad back. I still figure out when I can walk because it's become so valuable to us. Every day we schedule a time to just get out and talk to each other with no distractions. Yep. And, and really, that's what we need to do with God. And the Nicolay Bible Institute is dedicated to help. Let's, let's train people in that way. Let's train them so they understand 
that they they need to spend time intimately with God so they're not confused in life. Yes. Got confusion is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not. So uh, anyway, th- those are things that, as you were talking, I was thinking about. Yeah, you know, there's the, the, we need to continue to push students towards. There's nothing impossible with God. Whatever He lays on your heart, yeah. it can be done. And you think about Moses, uh, you know, he had his 40 years of character building in the desert yes. uh, before God used him. And if you think about the book of Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy as well, where you see Moses in action, he's accomplishing things for God, but it was on God's schedule. It was on God's timeline. He wasn't in a hurry. Uh, he was taking Moses through that. And then you think about that moment at the burning bush where you know, many all those years where Moses might be thinking to himself, where is God? Uh, how is he working? What's going on? My people are still in slavery in Egypt. Uh, and then the at the end of that, in the burning bush, uh, God revealed himself. So the point there is, as we're growing in character, we are also coming to a deeper knowledge of God and his glory and his power. And those two things go, go hand in hand. We want both of those things uh, in the Christian life. So, so do you find that college students will come to you, let's say they grew up in a Christian home, they know all the right answers. They know what to say. But down in their hearts, they have doubts of things. They're, they're wondering who God really is and if he really is who he says he is. Is, is Does that come out or is that still hidden well when, when they come into classes? Oh, some hide it better than others, but it's certainly there. You know, um, we're, we're told when we're young, perhaps, about who God is and, and how he works. And we, you know, the story of Moses is a, great, is a great example where it's a great story because we see the end of the story. Right. But for most of us, we're not to the end of the story yet. It wouldn't be very exciting to hear the story of Moses on, on his 38th year in the desert. Oh, the that sheep. would have been one boy. Right? Not, a, not a very exciting story, but uh, that's where some of us are at right now. Uh, that's where some young people are at right now, where they've been told about God. They're, they're, they've been told he keeps his promises. They've been told that those who trust in him will not be put to shame. Uh, but perhaps you're, that promise of God is being put to the test, where you think, I've, I've taken a step out for God. I'm trusting in him. But I've been in some situations where I feel like I'm being put to shame. I feel like God isn't, you know, I've stepped out for God, but where's God backing me up? And just to give encouragement, uh, I speak for my own life. I know you could uh, attest to this as well, Dave, uh, that God doesn't put us to shame, that he loves his children, uh, that he cares for us. He knows knows what we need. Uh, He gives us the strength and courage that we need as we step out in obedience to him. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about Joseph, too. Uh, yes. Joseph, that, that poor boy. You know, I mean, he acted like a, a brother. Right. You know, look at my coat, you know, kind of thing. I mean, he acted like a brother, any, any brother might act. Right. And in the process, they tried to kill him and then sell him as a slave and pawn him off as dead. And you go through his story, and, and really all the way through, Joseph did what was right in his life. He, he just did. He had to feel, though, abandoned. This world did not reward him. No, and you have to. There are faith. times, if you're a young person listening today, there are times where you will feel abandoned. If you really know God, though, you realize you're not abandoned. And one of the things I love to do is teach the story of Joseph and then ask the, the kids, the college kids, why did Joseph act like he acted? And then there's silence. I mean, they could give me the Sunday school answer, maybe. They're right. looking, let's see, Jesus doesn't work here. They're going through their Sunday school answers. And I say, he acted like anyone would act who knew that God had a plan and loved him. 
Yes. And now they're just sitting there thinking, you mean everyone who knows God and knows he's got a plan would act like that? Yes. Yes. That's how they would act. So the, the reference is you need to know God in order to go through stuff like this because you will go through stuff. Maybe maybe not getting sold by your brothers or murdered or anything else. Let's hope not. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, you think about when Joseph was a young man, the beginning uh, of, of the story where he had those dreams and the interpretation yep. of them. But, but how long it took, how many chapters in the book of Genesis it took before those dreams were fulfilled. But they were fulfilled. Uh, and in the way that God uh, designed and wanted them to be fulfilled, where you know ultimately there was uh, reconciliation between him and his family, and uh, and God did His work through through Joseph of uh, you know providing a, a place for uh, his family during right. the drought. Right. You know, I think all parents ought to be thinking about how they can get their young people away from the uh, the media, the the propaganda that's out there at this particular point in life. When we're talking about things that I think challenge us, I think one of the greatest challenges I've seen in young people is that they've grown up with all this propaganda, all the advertising, all right. that. And all that really is is setting you up for you can't be satisfied without this. Right. You know, whatever whatever this is. And they they've have hours and hours and hours and hours of influence where that's what they're being told. And then we get together with them and tell them, you need to be content with where God gives you and what God gives you and not look around and envy and not look around. And, right. In fact, the next time I'm working with our support staff up here, we have chapel with them every day, is, uh, you know, I'm talking about envy, looking at other people and jealousy and how that destroys our, the very fiber of our, our relationships. And, and yet, parents so often keep a schedule such and keep the media such where, where that becomes the main hours of influence in a person's life is the propaganda. And then they want to battle it with a, a quickie sermon on Sunday mornings or, or, or Sunday school. And I'm not against the sermons. I'm not against Sunday school. I'm just saying we're battling that with hours of influence on propaganda. That's why I think a, a full-year investment in the Northwoods, you know, at a place like Nicolay Bible, could, could be very valuable, especially if we can communicate to use their phones less than they really want to well you know we were talking about um young people and their their hopes and dreams for the future and how we can at nbi how we can help them uh, work towards that and the the character that's needed for that the, the patience that's needed with that and sometimes as i think about young people uh, i think uh, i wonder if it would be good if there was a little bit of a little bit of nonconformity, uh, a little bit of rebelliousness in their in their blood, and here's what I mean by that: not rebelliousness towards sure. God, not nonconformity to uh, His Scripture and His teachings, but to our to the culture, to the world. And so you you brought up our our devices, our screens, and we we know that those technological devices or the apps that we use, they are designed in ways to to give us certain things that we want. They wouldn't be so popular if they didn't do that. And there's there's some semblance of of good things, right? Community Absolutely. and communication and joy and humor and beauty and, and things like that involved in those things. But often the way that they their structure, the way that they give them to us is in such a way where it's um, – it, it's it's almost like they're feeding off of us, right? Where, where they're taking something from you more than they're giving something to you. And so, you know, I, I think about just this this level of conformity that we have. I'm guilty of it as well, uh, where, where we conform to the 
technology that's around us. And yeah, sometimes I just think, how do you, how do I myself, how do we break free from that? How do we want other things more than we want uh, those things that are, um, you know, just so addicting in a sense, right? The, the, the patterns where we flip, flip the phone around in our pocket, the way we swipe and check things, the way we're, right. way we're on there so constantly. And, you know, it has to come from within. I think a good analogy with, with our use of something like, like screens and the content that we're using is there's an appropriate place for guardrails uh, on a highway uh, to help you because sometimes you just you need a time where you, you shut things off or where you just put things off limit. Uh, and then you might be in, inattentive in a moment and there's you have a guardrail, uh, Absolutely. Uh, someone, a friend who's holding you accountable, someone involved in your life, and you say, oh, you know what? That's actually not how I want to be spending my time right now. I want to be doing this. Uh, but there's also the case that if you want to if you want to gun it and drive over the cliff, you can you, you figure out ways. We, yeah. We're smart. We figure out ways to break through yeah. those guardrails. And so there just has to be a desire, right? How do you want to spend your time? What what sort of a person do you want to be? Uh, how, how do you want to use the the days and the opportunities that God has given you? And that, that's a struggle for everyone. If, if you're up here at NBI or, or wherever God has you in life, you know, stop and look around, look at the people next to you, look at the, the place that you are, look at just the tasks that God has put right in front of you for your hands to be engaged in. And, and how can you do those things? Getting back to service, how can you uh, just in a way submit to the things that God has before you uh, do those things. Don't be anxious and, and move forward. And I think it's a discipline. I think it's, it's something that takes time uh, to, to yeah. develop. But my hope for young people is, is in, in a big sense that they would figure out how to, in, in a sense, take more control of their lives and, you know, where you're kind of dictating what the technology is going to give you and what it isn't and, and what you're going to do alongside it. Yeah, you know, I think that so many uh, people, young people in my age as well, are, are fearful of missing out on something. Okay. And so that missing out thing grabs us. Right. Uh, and I think what, what that is, it's the oldest trick in the book that Satan has is I'm looking at somebody else. Right. So I'm missing out. And, and that technology gets you in that realm. So it, it is a, a thing of envy or a jealousy or, or whatever it might be that, that you know, it's a root problem. I mean, you go back to Cain and Abel. Right. You know, obviously they're brothers looking at each other and what, what's going on. And I get so mad, I kill my brother, you know, right. that kind of thing. So right. it's not a new problem. If the first person born in the world became a murderer, right. this, this, isn't a, this isn't a new problem. But it is something that can be worked on in a theological way where once we get to a real understanding of something. Right. We now have the tools to actually change the behavior. Yep. And, you know, I'm not as old as you. This is younger and older. Yep. Today it's uh, old and I'm the older. older. <laughs> yeah. I'm the old. Uh, but it, it might sound like you and I are, um, you know, talking about young people being too enamored, too overly impressed by technology. And maybe that's what we're saying. But But what people might hear is that you and I then are too scared of it right right where in either case if you're enamored by it or if you're scared by it technology is like this big inconquerable thing that's scary or amazing or whatever it is and i don't think that's the appropriate uh, approach to have to something like this instead i think as christians who know the god we we know the god who created all things 
We know why he created us and made us. Uh, we know that the joy of living in this world and serving him is to just be on a, on a level just kind of under-impressed by technology where we say, oh, yeah, that, that's neat, that's fine. But we know, right, we're, we're wise enough to say uh, this is really exciting and uh, enamoring in this moment. But give it 15 minutes, it's going to be old, and there's something else that's going to be even more alluring, even more impressive to us. And, right, a a fool is someone, according to Proverbs, who keeps doing the same thing, you know, or maybe that's not in Proverbs, but, right, you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But, but yeah, where there is some level of wisdom that comes in just saying, you know what, I've seen this pattern before. I know what's going to go on. I know my heart. I know us as humans. Uh, the the way we we respond to things, so let's let's just have a healthy like like let's put it in its proper place. Let's yeah. let's shrink it down to its proper size and use it for what it's worth, and yeah. uh, be be free to let it go when we want to let it go. You know, I think there's some things it's okay to miss out on as well. But the the bottom line really for me is I I think I grew up in a really unique situation where my dad used to talk about things that are necessary, but always kind of referenced them as tools okay so technology can be a tool it can be and and or it can be a distraction a car could be a tool or a distraction yep so whenever my dad bought a car now he was uh running the ministry up here he was a pastor of a church it had to be big enough to carry kids to sunday school it had to be big enough to carry loads to camp right so we always had a station wagon that we could use for ministry and that was his criterion. The car is not just a car. We understand we need to own one. Right. But you, you could worship cars. You, could, you still can, you know, whatever it might be. Or you could say, oh, here's a tool. I know some guys that work on antique cars, and it's a tool for them. They, they get into other worlds and people, and they, they witness. and they, you know, So it's a tool for them. It's not just that. Right. So it's, a, it's bigger than just a car. Right. Uh, phones. Man, phones can be a tool. And, 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 and media can be a tool, and we need to understand that. And you're right. I think we could be afraid of it. We could say, we're, you know, phones aren't going anywhere. People are going to use them. Sure. So both at Nicolay Bible Institute and other places, we need to try and focus in on the root causes of problems. Yes. Because there's always going to be another branch problem. Right. So we need to, the, the root problem is what we want to look at, and that's where we come across with theology and other things in the Bible. And then we try and apply it up through the branches and say, okay, how does somebody who actually loves God and trusts God live in this situation? Yep, yep. You know, you think about technology, and it is, it's the stuff of this earth that's been refined and reshaped and put together in such a way to have a particular use. And so... The, all the components of your uh, of your phone, right, came from came from the dirt of this earth that God created. The dirt of this earth right. that God formed man out of, and and this ground that God told us uh, as His vice regents to be fruitful and multiply, to rule over the earth and subdue it. And so, as we think about how to do that, we want to do it in a way that that's honoring to God. I love the example of your your dad using a car, not just not just as a transportation tool, but as a ministry tool, actually reminded me of my wife, Casey. We've still got an old uh, Chevy Astro van. And uh, even when we bought it and throughout the years, we've talked about what car to get and what to use. And she's, she, she wants a van that she can uh, put our kids in and put their friends in and to take them to youth group, to take them them various places. Uh, 
And you know, it's a it's an old Chevy van. It doesn't it it has a sliding door, but it doesn't have an automatic sliding door. And so one of the joys of that Chevy Astro is uh, having our kids friends or young people get in and they're waiting for someone to push the button for the door to, <laughs> door to close and uh, we get to teach them here's how to slide that door and and slam it shut yeah. and uh and some of the kids actually get really into it they enjoy uh uh shutting that door others don't have as much fun with it but, well, but we make it work it's funny to see some of the younger staff here they like your your van they do i've had some offers to buy yeah, it already yeah, it's like <laughs> right? oh there's an old van that we're used to seeing yeah uh, you know uh, car trips again years ago used to be more exciting you only had af fm radios you right did, you i mean you might have had eight track players in there. okay maybe cds eventually right right or, or or cassette tapes but there was a lot of conversation that went on in cars and vehicles yeah and today man i tell you just the headphones go on or whatever it might be and it's different but again it's not a, it's not a different problem. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Right. It's different in that Satan keeps looking at acceptable ways to destroy your relationships. Yeah. By acceptable, I mean not acceptable to God. It shouldn't be acceptable to you, but acceptable in culture. So an acceptable way for Dave Wager might be, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. So now I'm on Facebook all the time, and right. I'm not relating anymore to people. Satan recognizes that, and beefs up the Facebook stuff for me. You know, what I mean, it's like. That's that's different than somebody else who doesn't like Facebook or maybe they're on some other thing or whatever it might be. I, I still am convinced the problems haven't changed. No. They're the same. The the methods have changed dramatically. So we at Nicolay Bible Institute want to keep going back to the root, you know, whatever it is. There's a God. He loves you. There's a plan. Let's figure that out and go from there. Yep. And if he we can he do that. created Adam and Eve. Yeah. When, when he created humanity, he created a community, the first family. Yep. And that's how we're created to um, yeah, be in the presence of one another, to be in conversation with, with one another. Uh, we, we've been talking about technology, phones, and so there is a, a sense in which you know they can they mediate mediate other people to us in, in particular limited ways. And so right. we can, again, we can just be see it in its proper place and say, yeah, I, I enjoy seeing a picture of a longtime friend. I enjoy receiving a note from, uh, from someone I just met, whatever that might be. Uh, but, but taking those, uh, right in, in their proper place and, and just looking for opportunities that it's, it's better to be, uh, in, in fellowship than to be isolated. It's better to be getting to know other people instead of being turned in on ourselves to be turned out towards others. Uh, even in, uh, in our faces, right? Think about biblical language of God, uh, right? Turning his face towards us or turning his face away from us and the theological significance, the relational significance of that, that when his face is turned away, right? We're isolated, right? Where is God? And then right. when he turns towards us, how warm and comforting and good that is. And, and there's a, a sense in which we can do that for others. And so we want to turn our faces towards each other. We want to be uh, looking and talking to each other. We do. Now, how do people find out again about Nicolay Bible Institute if they want to get more information? They can come to NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Uh, you can learn about the classes, learn about the program. Uh, there's a link there if you want to apply. Uh, you can f fill that, that, that application out fully online, uh, submit it, and we, or if you want to just ask us a question, we'd love to tell you more about it. Uh, come visit us uh, anytime. Sure. Uh, Ethan or I or others, uh, Ethan Keller is one of the other instructors here we'd love to show you around and, and tell you more about nicolay bible institute well thank you thank you jeremy 
And uh, we look forward to serving those who go to our websites and try and check out the various options that they can come and allow us to, to serve you. We'd be glad to do that. I'm Dave Wager. I'm here with Jeremy Lundgren. Thank you for listening to Younger Older. Goodbye for now.